G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. One of the greatest men in history is Moses. He influenced the leaders of his day, ushering in freedom for the enslaved nation of Israel. Those familiar with the story of Moses consider him a powerful and charismatic leader, but very few people use the word meek to describe him. Well, except for the pages of the Bible. Today on Leading the Way, a look at meekness and how through meekness, lives are changed for the kingdom. Here's Dr. Michael Yusuf to begin. Some years ago, somebody told me that perception is reality. Now, it took a long time for that to sink in and really experience that and understand it, not only in my own life, but in the life of other people. And I have learned also that one of the most difficult tasks is to try to correct a wrong perception. It really is. It is one of the toughest things in the world. A person who has a wrong perception is like the person who says, look, I've got my mind all made up. Don't confuse me with the facts. (laughs) And one of the most persistent wrong perception is the concept of meekness and gentleness. It really is. Whether it is within the church of Jesus Christ or outside of the church of Jesus Christ is even worse outside for people to understand and really comprehend what it means to be biblically meek, what it means to be biblically gentle. The perception that meekness means weakness is stubbornly persist somehow. The biblical concept of meekness is far, far, far from weakness. And yet, most people describe timidity, wimpiness, uh, cowardness as meekness. That's how they would describe it. While in reality, biblical meekness is synonymous with courage. Biblical meekness is synonymous with confidence. Biblical meekness is synonymous with inner security. Biblical meekness is synonymous with strength under control. That's what it means. In fact, the Greek word that is used here, particularly in Galatians, The word paraotas has real deep roots in the Greek language itself before the time of Christ in the Hellenist culture. That Greek word which the Apostle Paul takes in and he puts it in his list of the fruit of the Spirit was understood by the Greeks themselves in the B.C. time has nothing to do with weakness. Absolutely nothing to do with it. As a matter of fact, Aristotle, the Greek philosopher, had a theory. And his theory was basically this. That virtue is the mean between two vices. Now, it's a funny idea. I'm not necessarily supporting it, but at least that is his philosophy. So, here's how he he visualized rage as a vice. On the one hand, then on the other hand, he saw indifference as an extreme vice on that side. 
So he came in, in between, he says, meekness, that is word paraitas, means it's in the middle, and therefore it's a virtue. It's a in between two vices. There are two things that I want to tell you about meekness before I get carried away and, and move on and, and tell you more. I want, I want to just put everything in a container, if you like, or two containers. And I want to tell you, and I hope if you forget everything I'm going to say today, don't forget those two things. Meekness is not weakness. And the second thing I want to tell you is meekness is not false modesty. What I mean by meekness is not weakness. Well, if you look at the scripture in the book of Numbers, chapter 12, verse 3, the Bible describes Moses as the meekest man on the face of the earth. Now, you have to have a hard time with that if you're really honest with yourself. And you say, wait a minute, preacher. I mean, you, Moses, he was meek. I mean, he was a very strong and decisive leader. I mean, he was prone to lose his temper. <laughs> I mean, you talk Moses, he killed an Egyptian. Now, from my point of view, that's not very good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Moses, the meekest man on the face of the earth, listen, he whacked the rock instead of speaking to it as God told him to, and he ended up missing out and going to the promised land because of that. How come he is the meekest man, was the meekest man on the face of the earth? Well, the Bible calls him that. Why? Because biblical definition of meekness is not the same as secular Definition of meekness or our common definition of meekness. Because in the Bible, meekness is far from being a Casper milk toast. Gentleness and meekness has more to do with the way you express the truth rather than denying the truth. Meekness and gentleness has to do with the way you stand firm. Which way, which method do you use in standing firm rather than caving in? Gentleness and meekness in the scripture has more to do with the way you express your courage, not lacking it. Meekness and gentleness is about the vehicle that carries forward your conviction into the public arena. Not not having courage. Meekness and gentleness in the scripture is more related to how you answer your critics, how you answer your antagonists, and not the fact that you don't have any critics or antagonists. Well, let's look back at Moses again. Look at the way he expressed strength under control. Look at the way he expressed meekness from a biblical perspective. Here's what happened. His brother Aaron... His sister Miriam, the only two siblings he had, got jealous of his leadership. They did not like his leadership style. They were jealous of his popularity. They were jealous of his success. They were jealous of his authority. So what did they do? They did what most people do. Instead of going up to him and said, look, I'm really not very excited about the way you're leading. <laughs> I don't like your leadership style. I am really having a hard time with that. In fact, I'm very jealous of that. That would have been an easy way to deal with things because you can sit down, talk about it, pray about it, and deal with it, you see. But Aaron and Miriam did what most people do. Basically, they found out some sort of a, a cockamamie criticism they're trying to level at him, especially they knew it's going to bring some popularity. It's going to, a few people are going to side with them and say, yeah, 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 you're right. What was it? 
that Moses married a wife who happened to be darker skin. So they said, wow, that is really not very good. And man, that news and among the Israelites went as fast as a weaver shuttle. I mean, as fast as your search engine and the internet. Man, it was so fast, everybody found out about it. And people, of course, began to support Miriam and Aaron, and things got out of control. The rumor mill, the gossip mill, got going. What did Moses do? How did he express his meekness? Well, (laughs) he could have said, uh, now, Aaron... Miriam, you either shut up or ship out. <laughs> right? He could have done that. And within, within his rights. He could have said, you idiots, don't you know how important I am? <laughs> I mean, you bunch of no good complainers, if it wasn't for me, you'd have still been in Egypt, knee deep in mud, making bricks. <laughs> You've done nothing but mooching off me all the time. You are nothing but a bunch of takers. You do nothing but grumble and complain all the time. But you see, biblical meekness is strength under control. Courageous, secure Moses exercised meekness. Please listen to me. (laughs) A man who comes home and kicks the cat and announces that he's the man of the house is not really a strong man. He's a weak man. A person who constantly announcing that they're the boss. And weak people, not really strong. They're not meek, but weak. If you have to remind everybody how important you are, you are weak and not meek. Someone who really understood the biblical concept of meekness said the following. He said, you know, it's too bad that the real meek people have not inherited the earth yet because the unmeek are making a real mess of it. Well, how did Moses react to this? Criticism and, and gossip and all that stuff. Well, he ignored them. He said nothing. As a matter of fact, only God is the one who got ticked off with Miriam and Aaron. And if it wasn't for God being ticked off, we would never probably have heard of this incident. It was God who said, hey, what's going on here? I don't like this. Now, it does not mean that we do not confront some situations. It does not mean that we've got to confront some issues. It does not mean that we've got to confront some people. That's not what it means at all. But you do it out of strength under control, not anger. You do it with compassion mixed with inner security and not vengeance. You do it with courage mixed with confidence and not vengeance and revenge. In fact, Moses' reaction to God's chastisement of Miriam was an incredible act of meekness. Let me tell you about it. What happened when Miriam complained about the shade of the color of of sister-in-law? God says, you know, you don't like the dark skin? I'm going to make you real white. (laughs) White with leprosy. And she was stricken with leprosy. And what did Moses do? You see, weakness would have said this. Well, you've got what's coming to you, right? Weakness would have said, man, you deserve what you've got. Weakness would have said, you got your just reward. Weakness would have said all that. But meekness, which is strength under control, sent Moses literally on his knees crying out to God, oh God, please heal my sister Miriam. 
there are people I've met through my years who just love to toot their own horn and, and bang on their own drums and, and, you know, just try to protect the little fiefdom and little kingdom and, and brag about their exploits. And that's weakness. Not meekness, that's weakness. The moment you see or hear that, recognize it for what it is. Not biblical meekness, it's weakness. Those who truly achieve success, those who have, have truly been given honors, but see no necessity to tell anyone are those ones who are truly meek. The second thing I want to tell you is this, that meekness is not false modesty. Now, I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm going to tell you about this, because this is far more serious, far more dangerous than the first one. False modesty is far more dangerous, far more dangerous, far more serious than the braggadocious. You see, I'm going to tell you why. Because it's very harder to detect. It's very hard to discern. Let me tell you. I have fallen in that trap several times, several times, not just once or twice. Why? Because it looks like meekness. It looks alike, and it's very hard to be able to, to distinguish it. You can pick up the probagadocious, you know, because it's the opposite of meekness, but false modesty is a look-alike, and that's why it's so difficult to discern, and that is why it's more serious. I want to explain this to you. God has given each one of us who's listening to me right now, everyone, a gift, at least one. Some have more, two, three, four, but at least every one of you, every one of us has been given at least one gift from God. And if you don't know what that gift is, you are under obligation before God to discover it and use it. So what is God saying when he bestowed a gift on you? Here's what God is saying to you. He is saying, you are worthwhile. <laughs> he is saying that you are important to me. He is saying that you have a value to me. He is saying that you are unique because I made you in my own image. And as a believer, I have redeemed you through the blood of my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You are special to me. You are of value to me. So what does false modesty do? False modesty comes in and says, well, self-deprecation and refusing to stand up for anything is truly denying of God's gift. As if you're saying, God, you're lying. See, I told you it's serious, it's dangerous. Far from being a true virtue, false modesty is a substitute for passive selfishness. It really is. Let me repeat this. Far from being a virtue, false modesty is a substitute for passive selfishness. When someone gives an excellent speech, and then they say, well, you know who this? Uh, this really was nothing. <laughs> you know, you've met people like that? Uh, or someone who comes out and sing magnificent song, and they come in, oh, Chuck, you know, I'm just getting over a cold. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> That's false modesty. When you've got nothing to brag about, everything is given to you. How can you brag about a gift? Can you imagine somebody will walk up to me and hand me a gift? And somebody will say, man, isn't that wonderful the way you stretched your hand and took that gift? <laughs> that's, you know, that's just, that's class. Man, <laughs> I'd like to see that again, you know. <laughs> oh, 
all I did is stretch out and receive the gift. I have nothing to brag about. I have nothing to take credit for. It's a gift from God. Every gift we have is from God, and God needs to get the glory. Someone said years ago, he said, the essence of meekness and gentleness is the capacity to value others as much as we value ourselves. The Apostle Paul commands Timothy to exercise biblical meekness. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 and 25, but particularly verse 25, he says, correct, correct your opponents with gentleness. See, you got both here. On the one hand, you don't ignore their error out of false modesty of saying, well, you know, who am I to correct them? Well, who am I to point the error of their way? Who am I to bring this to their attention? No, 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 that's false modesty. On the other hand, he is not to lord it over them. He is not to say, well, you know, do this or else. He does not say, well, you know, you've got to be as good as me. He's not to say, listen, work hard and you're going to get up to my standards. You know, no, 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 no. That's not the way you do it. Although we often don't say it that way. We kind of use other words, but the effect is the same. Neither extreme are truly biblical. Meekness is not weakness. False modesty is not meekness. I'm going to tell you this and I'm going to conclude a true story of true biblical meekness. Booker T. Washington was a man who knew all about biblical meekness and gentleness. He was born in 1856, worked in the coal mines as a child, taking only three months a year to do schooling and to read and write and study. Well, his hard work paid off, and he graduated from Hampton Institute in 1875. Six years later, he was named the very first president of the Tuskegee Institute, a trade school for African Americans. After he accepted the presidency, one afternoon he, was, he went for a walk in the street. And his, as he was walking down a street in Alabama, one day a, a white lady spotted him. And not recognizing who he was, she summoned him to come in and asked him to chop some wood for her. Now I want to tell you, most of us in Washington's situation would have not tolerated such indignity. We might have yelled at her, who do you think you are, lady? We might have said, well, how arrogant of you to judge me by the color of my skin. But not Booker T. Washington, because he knew and he understood biblical meekness, strength under control. He took his coat off and he went over and chopped the wood and he carried it over to the house and refused payment. And then when the lady discovered who he was later on, a few days later, she went over to his office and she apologized. Washington said to her, I said, it's all right. He said, I delight in doing favors for my friends. <laughs> and this lady not only became a major supporter of the Institute, but she left her entire state to the Institute. And Washington himself went on to advise Presidents Theodore Roosevelt and William Howard Taft and wrote several books. Somebody would say, well, I'm not really sure that's the best response. I'm not going to argue with you, but I can tell you that. That Washington knew true biblical meekness of a strength under control. He understood what it means to have strength under control during life's tough challenges. 
Blessed is the meek, said Jesus, for they shall, not maybe or possibly, but shall inherit the earth. Do you want to know what it is to be meek? Get filled with the Holy Spirit moment by moment. I have to confess to you, sometimes when I face challenges of life, though I've prayed in the morning and spent time with the Lord, and I ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but when I somehow when the enemy kind of sneaks on you and, and surprises you as, as he has the habit of doing, I find that's the very moment to stop and say, Lord Jesus, let this particular fruit that I need right now be manifested in me as being filled with the Spirit at that very moment. And you know what? God always obliges. Shall we pray? My very precious friends, let me urge you that if the Spirit of God has spoken to you, do not harden your heart. The scripture tells us when we keep on resisting, we build a spiritual callous and hardness, and the Spirit and the Word cannot penetrate anymore. Whichever side of the ledger you're in, let your cry be, O Lord Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit moment by moment of every day. Lord Jesus, that I may bear the fruit of meekness. Lord Jesus, forgive me my false modesty on the one hand. Oh Lord Jesus, forgive me my high opinion of myself. Lord Jesus, let your Holy Spirit come, fill me to overflowing and crowd out any feelings that I have everything and I've done it my way and I deserve everything that is getting to me. Remove it for Jesus' sake. For it is in your name that I pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. You're listening to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. If today's teaching from Dr. Youssef prompted questions about your faith, consider speaking with one of the Leading the Way pastors. Begin a conversation at ltw.org slash Jesus. Did you enjoy today's message? Well, we'd encourage you to dive deeper into the extensive message archives at ltw.org. The entirety of this series and many other messages are archived there, ltw.org. When you're there, please remember to check out the other ways you can connect with Dr. Yusuf. For example, YouTube. Many of us visit YouTube to learn how to change that hard-to-get air filter. But YouTube is also the place to dig deeper into more content from Dr. Yusuf. And we've put a direct link to the Leading the Way YouTube channel right near the bottom of the homepage with all the other social media channels. You'll be able to fully experience some of Dr. Yusuf's recent messages at his home church. We're also posting engaging Ask Dr. Yusuf videos and recent worldwide media appearances that you'd find very interesting. LTW.org is the place. LTW.org. Well, time is gone for this episode. But please join Dr. Yusuf next time for more Leading the Way. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf, passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth around the world. Thanks. 
for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.